Good morning, it's Danger Dan here in the talk shop. I am back in Texas and just trying to embrace the heat. Uh, I showed up, sure enough, to an air conditioning that is not working. So I got that going for me, but that also means that my sound studio here is nice and quiet, minus these fans you might hear blowing in the background. But today's show, man, we recorded today's show on a river in the most beautiful setting ever. The weather was fucking perfect. And um, yeah, we had an incredible trip to Sturgis. It was like nine days of riding through a postcard. And we recorded this the first night that we set out. And man, this group of guys like seeing us all come together and work as one unit to get these bikes across some fucking treacherous landscapes and passes and rivers and through storms. It was really cool. And, you know, listening back on this one while I was editing and just hearing, you know, everybody's excitement, um, man, it was, it was a great trip. Nick Farringer, uh, Jake Hines, Matt Best, and Johnny Borgo. Now, Johnny didn't exactly have a microphone, uh, nor did he have a motorcycle to ride. Well, he had well, he had the truck. He was in the truck. So since he was in the truck, we didn't give him a microphone. Only because I had four. Nothing against you, Johnny. Johnny ended up being like fucking glue. We ended up giving him the nickname Johnny Gromit because uh, he just makes everything work together. So, uh, man, guys, it was my pleasure to travel to Sturgis with you. And I look forward to hopefully getting the band back together later down the road. Hope you guys enjoy this podcast. All right, this show, like all shows, is brought to you by MC Shop Tees, your T-shirt of the month club, the only way to support every local motorcycle shop. This month's featured shop is He-Man Fab out of Indianapolis, Indiana. Daniel builds some wild fucking, I would, you know, modern choppers, if you will, using modern drivetrains. He's also used some vintage ones, uh, but he's got a really fucking cool style. He's done an M8 chopper that's wicked cool. His frame lines are one of my favorite, and that's what we use for this month's T-shirt art. And this was his idea. He was telling me when he builds a frame for a customer, he makes a drawing of it, you know? And we use one of those frame drawings uh, for the t-shirt art, which is super fucking rad. And, uh, and I'm stoked that you came up with that idea, Daniel. It really, it's really a cool shirt and it's different. Just like all the shirts, you know, one thing I love about MC Shop Tees is we use different artists all the time, you know, whether it's a, an artist that the shop uses and, um, you know, sometimes it's artists that aren't even... Like, that, that's not what they do. You know, they send me a fucking, a paper drawing. You know, Daniel just sent me a scan of this pencil drawing or pen drawing that he did. And anyways, it just opens the door to getting rad fucking shirts. And you can only get them if you are a subscriber. So you go to mcshoptees.com right now and sign up so you don't miss next month's t-shirt. Uh, if you want to support this show, but you don't want any more t-shirts, Go to DangerDansTalkShop.com and sign up for the Patreon support. 
Five bucks a month keeps this show on the road and gives you a chance at winning badass shit. That's right. Uh, Lowbrow Customs keeps me on the road, and they can keep you on the road as well. They also support a lot of American makers, which is really fucking rad, like Lead Sled Customs, who might also possibly be a featured MC shop in the future. Uh, Martian Machine. Uh, who else? WW Cycles, a company that made the front end I run on my flathead race bike. They make the Bates Baja tires that I run, uh, the Pan Am oils that I run. All this is available at Lowbrow Customs, so go check it out. If you need it, they've got it. And listen up to the end of the show and see who wins a $100 gift card. At the end of the year, we got a big giveaway to one lucky Patreon supporter. Uh, Motorcycle Sherpa is going to let me give away an expedition. We did this in 2019, and kid named Casey Hyatt won. As you know, 2020 didn't go as planned, so we took him to Nepal last year in 2022, and it was fucking incredible. It really was. It was my second trip over there, and, you know, just getting to know the people even more and like the crew that motorcycle Sherpa has over there. It's fucking incredible. So one lucky Patreon supporter this year is going to win an expedition. And every month that you donate five bucks, your name gets put in a hat. So if you've been donating $5 every month since January, you'll have your hat, your name in the hat 12 times. It's going to be fucking sweet. Somebody's going to want a trip. If you don't want to wait on winning and you want to go to Nepal with me, Danger Dan, uh, this year go to MotorcycleSherpa.com and sign up for the Ride to the Heavens uh, November 2nd through the 13th, I believe. It's the first two weeks in November. We are going back to Nepal, and there is only a couple of spots left, so do not fuck around and miss out on this one. There's, uh, it's gonna fill up if it's not already filled up. There's a, I think when I talked to Bear at the 120, there was only a couple of spots left. So, get on it, dude. Um, <coughs> well, still recovering from Sturgis, dude. We partied fucking hard. Speaking of partying, we are going to Virginia City this weekend for the Virginia City Roundup, the Chopper Show and Rodeo. Now. It's wild to bring those two things together, choppers and wild or even fucking domesticated animals, horses and cows and bulls. But uh, that's what we're doing this weekend. And I know how crazy that is because last week I accidentally stampeded a fucking horse ride, you know, by showing up on my chopper and got some lady fucking injured bad, really bad. And I hope that she, last I heard she was all right. They care flighted her to Albuquerque and, uh, you know, it was just a, a reminder of how mixing fucking loud choppers and animals can get out of hand. And that's what we're doing on purpose this weekend in Virginia City. So I hope that you'll meet me there. Uh, next weekend is the party at the Pin Show in Boise, Idaho, where somebody is going to win a one-year subscription to MC Shop Tees and whatever Luke from Chop Merchandise pulls out of his bag, dude. Uh, and to win... You, the whoever takes the most photos of them and their bike at penitentiaries on the way to party at the pen is going to win. You know, last year we did the furthest, you know, whoever rode the furthest 
which is cool. That's the typical Iron Butt Award, you know, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but I dreamed up this idea is who can take who can find the most penitentiaries on the way to the party at the pen. So that's what we're doing. Show all your photos to Luke when you get there and tag MC Shop Tees and Chop Merchandise uh, on your way. And I'll be contributing as well on my Pan America on the way back from Virginia City. I will not be able to make it. I've got to get back. My wife's birthday's that weekend. So you know what I say, family first, fun second, and safety third. Um, so can't wait to see these photos and see what penitentiaries you guys find. After that, we've got... Uh, what is it? October. We've got Rat Rotober, October 14th, October 14th or 15th. Follow at Rat Rotober on Instagram for more information on that. That's a McKinney at Tupps Brewery. Super Rat Show. Two of my favorite people on the planet put that show on, and I'm stoked to go and hang out with them and uh, be a hand when I can. And then after that, we got Born Free Texas, October. 19th through the 22nd, I believe. It's going to be Thursday through Sunday. They are, you know, last year at all, everybody showed up at one time. They're going to spread it out this year to get everybody in a little bit smoother. And me and Lee Bullock of Lee Bullock Art are going to be putting on an art show called Prince Paints and Steel, where we've invited photographers, painters, and metal sculptures to display some rad art. We're setting up a tent down in the field next to the uh wall the ives brothers wall of death and uh, we'll be doing uh i think the, the opening night will be friday we'll do like an early little pre-party before the big pre-party friday night and uh you know unveil all the artists that we have and you'll be able to check all this stuff out during the event at born free so stoked to be showcasing some rad art and, uh, you know, really showcasing my favorite people that do creative stuff. And I tried to encapsulate it all by, you know, including prints, paints, and steel. So I hope that you will enjoy that. Okay, uh, that's enough of that. Let's get into this podcast with, dude, the Panamaniacs. We'll see. I turned him down. He laughs louder than he fucking talks, dude. Same with you, Jake. Damn. <laughs> Was I not laughing in your ear when we came down the hill? Okay, that's why we can't do this fucking scene. Okay, my biggest complaint with all intercoms is they're on all the fucking time. If I want to talk to you, Nick, I will press a fucking button over here. It should be more see, like See, like that, a that's not the case, though. Asina, when I had it for Tour of Idaho with my buddy Dylan, you pressed the side, and it beeped, and then you could talk. And then you beeped it again, and it would turn off. And you could say, shit, fuck, whatever you wanted to say. <laughs> I'd like, I'd like come off a water it. ball. I'd be like, <laughs> I would come off a water bar and be like, <laughs> and he's probably like, God dang it. Yeah. The biggest thing, I don't even mind hearing you laugh. I enjoy that. Yeah, yeah. But when you take away from me listening to Robert Earl Keane on the trail, dude, <laughs> yeah. just for a little laugh, you know, that's where I'm like, all right, this is fun. There's, oh, there's one point on the Robert Earl Keane. I heard, I heard you say, whoo. <laughs> and I was like, he probably got loose on a corner up there. All right, well, I think we're in gear to go ahead and start this, it sounds like. <laughs> oh, it's been done. We're be- we've begun. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> That's how it works. That's how the podcast starts. We, we already had the, the talk earlier, right? Welcome the talk. The show. <laughs> no, but that really is. Like, I, you know, and the Cardo that I've used in the past doesn't do it. 
Maybe this Cena does. I know that recently Cardo like made a big press release. All right, we're going to stop battling with Cena. We want you guys to be able to enjoy your units with everybody else who has a unit. We're not demanding that everybody buys a Cena, which I think is pretty fucking cool. Yeah, I agree. Um, but we struggled getting yeah, them all in. I mean, I thought you brought along like an electronics guy over here, you know? <laughs> oh, I no. didn't know I needed to figure nah. this out ahead of time. <laughs> That's not how I would define myself, brother. <laughs> it's funny because riding motorcycles is the one time where I feel zero desire to communicate or intake any other stimulus. But on a trip like this, I don't know. It's kind of necessary. Oh, dude, my first time to do this was two years ago. The Colorado BDR. And me and my buddy Randall, we fucking hooked up. We got the Cardos, and we synced, and I was like, oh, this is a game changer. You know, like, because, like, when, you, when I'm riding my chopper with my buddies, I like three-quarter face helmets. Yeah. Like, I want to see my buddy's face. When I look, yeah. when we see something fucked up, I want to look over and, like, see the facial expression of my friends. You know, on the trail, you can't really ride side by side. Right. You got full face helmets because we are doing retarded shit. So being able to communicate, I was just like, this is awesome. You know, he's like, you know, he's behind me 20 yards and we can talk. And we were also using a paper map. He had a paper map and I had one. So there was like some debate going on. Like, no, 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 no. We go left here. No, we go fucking right up here, you know. And it was, <laughs> the banter was a lot of fun. Yeah. And also like warning him, like, hey, there's a side-by-side coming up. Yep, there's a right. fucking moose on the right. You know, Super look handy. at the fucking moose. That's what's, that's what's cool is like, hey, there's head-on traffic or it's dusty yeah. or making a left or a right. Yeah, yeah. Or, hey, I'm thinking about lunch, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Nick's always thinking about food. Oh, my God. We pretty much know that. Without the headsets, (laughs) Nick's always thinking about food. I mean, not thinking about everybody getting food. (laughs) Yeah, what happened today, Nick? Tell us about that. For some reason, he thinks that he's the only one that gets hungry. Like, I got this size by just riding around and not eating food. (laughs) (laughs) Tell us what happened today, Nick. I don't know, man. Didn't we just talk about this? <laughs> I was having a technical difficulty on our on our the, the beginning of our ride, and so I coasted back into town to evaluate our situation. And I just that it little seems like you evaluated your situation. My situation, not, not was, our situation. I have because it seemed like it was lunchtime for everybody. Well, so the the plan was to drop your bike. We'll run back to Dan's, get the side-by-side, and come rendezvous back with you. Well, we, I got back, we got back, and you're at the... You're not there. You're not at your bike. <laughs> no, he's not even at his bike. I'm like, no, Jake's like, why would he leave his bike? And I'm like, well... He know, left his bike. I was like, that, that's no, no, a no-no. No, you Jake said, well, he wouldn't leave his bike. And then Dan says, well, he left his bike. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's obvious that he would. I went to the burger stand at the go-kart track. <laughs> that was the burger. It, I actually didn't want to tell you guys, but it was really good. <laughs> <laughs> it was. It was some of those fries, dude. I intentionally made sure that they were all gone by the time we got back to the house. Dude. Once I realized how I failed to order four burgers, I just as the had, line piled in behind you. Please take my fries and forgive me. Fries and and they were good. The fries, fries were great. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that softened the blow really, really well. It helped. Except for when you forgot to get it, it's a. Uh, I felt like it was a good opportunity to like you know let everybody know that we're doing this together, right? You know, like this yeah. is all happening together. Not 
I felt know. vulnerable and alone for a couple minutes. <laughs> so I went for some security. You, you entered fly, fight or flight, and you were just like, burger stand. Well, based on East Coast time, I'm late for lunch, boys. <laughs> oh, this is good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, fast forward. We've all ridden down a valley to a pretty beautiful campsite by a creek. That was one thing I meant to tell you guys ahead of time. Don't even mention where we're at right now. You can mention the scenery and everything that we viewed getting here. Yeah. Well, that's good because I couldn't tell you where we are yeah. right now. <laughs> I mean, can we say we're in New Mexico somewhere? We are in New Mexico. Love the spot. And it's a beautiful spot. It's an incredible spot. Yeah. And nobody can know about it. No, people and, know and, about it. Unless they know. go on a ride with Dan. No, they'll f- people, you know, if they search hard enough, they'll find it. I just, you know. I feel like this is a sacred place to me right here. If you're a fly fisherman, you know about this spot. I mean, this creek runs through parallel to this road, and there are dozens of spots where people are pulled off, camped out, fishing. Mm -hmm. It's just perfect. I think you guys saw about 8% of it. Dang. Not even 10. I feel like I gave a visualization, but you couldn't have found that on a map, Dan. I was just just stepping on your tongue before it kind of got out there. Okay. I'll leave the coordinates out of this. Honestly, like riding through here, the the thing going through my mind was all the fly fishermen I know, and how I was like they have to figure out how to get here because they would love it. This yeah. would be their dream. What yeah. about coming here? We're in that fucking flat plains, and you can see the storms in almost every direction except yep. for where we came from. And you're yeah. pointing to them. I'm yeah. like, What's Dan pointing to? I'm like, Oh, there's rain yeah, over like, there. Hey, that's where we're going. <laughs> I thought you were pointing to the storm. I didn't know that's where we were going. <laughs> It was pretty rad because we just had, like, rain rooster tails off the tires and rainbows ahead, but we really didn't get wet at all. No, we didn't. So no, we got a little sprinkle, and that was, that was it. Well, that's how it's been. I mean, I was shocked that there was that much moisture in the air because it's been so fucking dry up here the last, I mean, two or three months. This is they had a fucking us. They had us a, East Coast boys. They had a ton of snow this season all through the Rockies. There was a ton of rain in the spring, and then it just went dry. I heard there was a bunch of snow. We had a buddy of ours actually send us a link to some stories, like articles about how much snow there is, even on the BDR. He was like, hey, you guys, Dylan, the dude you guys need to head up. Tour of Idaho with. Yeah, there is. Yeah. Yeah, there's one pass right now. <clears throat> Last I looked, it was impassable. And there's like a reroute. But I think... Uh, you know, we'll see when we get there. Yeah. I'm not looking at any updates. I don't want any forewarnings. We're just going to yeah, take it all as it. it comes. That's uh, Now, how familiar are you guys with the BDR? My, uh, my understanding semi? of the BDR is that a nonprofit organization mm-hmm. has identified routes and made them official BDR routes. And that's about where my understanding of it ends. Yeah. Is I know there are routes labeled BDR routes, not only out here on the West Coast, but also out east, like in the Appalachians, you know what it stands northeast, for? back road discovery route. I did back a little country. bit of back, back country. country. Oh, back I was country. close. So close. So close. Um, no, and it's a beautiful thing uh, because people need like, a, you know, they need a, not necessarily a reason to ride, but like a place to go. You know, like, that's why I think, like people that do events, like you, you do the congregation show, and I think that that is awesome. I know how difficult it is and how much work goes into stuff like that, and I know how much people appreciate it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and this is kind of like, 
you know, this is their version of something like that. Right. Just well, a, this is not a destination. <clears throat> this is providing a self, a, a self-operated journey, and you just like they have the blueprint for it. Go do it. Yeah. And they have an awesome website that says, here's what you should Oh, pack. my gosh. I just realized I forgot the paper map. Oh, <laughs> my God. Oh. That the paper the map is so good, too. <laughs> of course, this trip. I had That was all I had last trip. Now I don't have it at well, all. You, you brought an over-prepper who brought a handheld GPS and downloaded all the BDR routes. I mean, I have the routes, but it's the map is really it's done really well. Butler Maps does it. And like I sent you guys that video where it's like, it shows you, like there's one section of the map that just shows you the altitude throughout the whole thing. So That's you cool. know, like during the trip, how high you are, the passes when you go over them, where they're at in the route, <clears throat> the cities. But it's like a, it's literally just like a line graph, essentially. Yeah, it is cool. And then it has the section separated. It has all the gas stops. It has camping, like official campgrounds. And then there's. Well, we're not even on a BDR right now, but, you know, then there's other places along the way. Um, it's just done really, really well. Um, and I've been really impressed with, you know, just their attention to detail about the things that you may need or be curious about. You know, even, like, as far as the towns along the way. There's a lot of spots where they're like, you know, it's off the beaten path, but it's worth going to. So they... They pointed out. It's like, I read hey, this that is over here. There's definitely a lot of highlights. It's like this is on the route, or you can go 20 miles east over here and be sure to check out this this mining town or this you know. Which yeah. is so much work for them to do. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, well, in dude, and there's so many companies that benefit from it. I mean, it is worth it for that work. You know, like mm-hmm. right. I mean, just think about the prep that you guys mm-hmm. did getting ready for this. You know, whether you'd done it before. This trip, whether it's buying tents or camping gear, you know, like motorcycles, tires, yeah, motorcycles. Gosh, gosh, it's it's good. It's really it's cool. So two years ago, you did this trip. Yep, you did it on your Pan America. Yep. You think you were the first person to do it on a Pan America? From the reactions I got, absolutely. It was, it was, you know, and the thing's got flames on it. And I would pull up to these, like, vistas or these, like, the, the peaks. And there'd be dudes on dirt bikes, like, what the fuck? You know, like, I haven't even seen one in person. And now it's, like, up this hill that I could barely climb on my dirt bike. It was pretty cool. Uh, I didn't think anything about it or, you know. Yeah, maybe so. I don't know. I don't know. That's pretty sick. So the second time you're doing it is now. Dude, check this out. So the first time I did it, I ran into this guy, and he was uh, he was on a KTM, like, fully decked out. You know, like, fucking rally shit, GPS. And and we're going down the same trail, and, and I'm looking at my paper map, and he's looking at his fucking gay little GPS on his handlebars, and, and I'm like... <laughs> You know, we're obviously going down the same road. We start talking. This guy, I rode to Sturgis in 2021 with David Mann. What? Yeah. That was his name. I mean, he's not the artist, David Mann. But right, right, right. So his name was David, David Mann. Mann. I thought that was too fucking cool. Did he uh, know cool. who David Mann was? Oh, yeah, he was aware. Like, he was aware. <clears throat> his dad was familiar with Harley Culture. 
uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was great. It was fucking great. And I tried to so leave him. How long did you guys ride together? About two days. <clears throat> we camped together two nights. I tried to leave him the second day, you know, because he just wasn't, his he GPS wasn't, wasn't working good enough, apparently, you know. <laughs> and, uh, and then I got fucking pulled over by the cops and. Anyways, I got sent back a little you? bit. No, he wasn't with me. But after I got pulled over, I ended up finding him in the desert. Why'd you get pulled over? <clears throat> Speeding. Oh. That's yeah, I was what we going were doing to a, today. No, we were taking it easy. We Jay. never went too far beyond twice the speed limit. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. I was actually paying attention. I was like, okay, we're double. That's okay. Come on. I obey the speed limits when there's, like, buildings and structures and kids around. It's all about the kids. Other than that, you know, if I can see in front of me, it might matter to most people, but. Not to you. (laughs) (laughs) They don't call him Cautious Dan. Oh, here comes that nice, cautious day. Oh. Thirty-four in a school zone. That's nice. No, I will go the school zone speed limit. Absolutely, everybody should. Should, yeah. How many they trips like this have you done? Stand. This is the multi-day. Second one. This is the second off, one. No, it's not. Stop. Multi-day. This is the second BDR. How many times trips. have you taken an adventure bike out with a tent and went out for a week or more? Yeah. A lot, dude. I got a, I got a handful of adventure bikes. They're all adventure bikes, even your chopper. That's what I'm talking about. I mean, my chopper is my favorite adventure okay. bike. Bikes that are marketed as ADV bikes. The Pan America. I've done this. Well, I've done maybe six. All right. One of them was really big. Maybe ten. I don't know. I'm definitely not six. keeping track. You've done more than six. When I did this, and what do you love? And then I went to South America. (laughs) What do you love about it? Yeah, that's a that's a pretty big one. (laughs) Yeah, one though. That's the big one. Yeah. What do you love about it? I just love the places it takes me. Like right here, you know, like riding my chopper down that washboard road would have, you know, I just I'd have found a fucking campsite a little quicker. You know, probably wouldn't have gotten this far. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Actually, and, getting to this spot, you had to let off from doing a drift. Before it was like, oh, 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 here's one. <laughs> we would have went ten more miles. Well, I, I didn't think there was any, and I, I don't think this is like a legitimate place to camp over here. But that's why we're not uh, dropping a pin. That's why we're. That's one of the reasons. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, man, this is a, this is a good spot. No, the reason I was turning around is because I was thinking about Johnny Boy in the fucking the chase truck, you know? Like, I was like, fuck. Let's we got to go back. We got to go back. Like, now he's going to, I don't want him to drive any more than he has to down this fucked up road. You know, he's got a yeah, load yeah. that's just unnecessary. Should we paint a picture for uh, Johnny's chase truck here and uh, exactly what he's working with? Yeah, please do. <laughs> yeah, paint Bobby that. Go paint for that it. picture. <laughs> <laughs> So we, our, our chase truck is driven by uh, Johnny Borgo here. He works with us at Prism, and he's our chase truck, and he drove Let's go over his last name first. Borgo. 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 Okay, Borgo. I got it. 
and uh, so Jake and I flew out here, but Johnny drove our Pan Americas in the bed of a rental F-150. Sport. Sport, yes, <laughs> important. Nice. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it is nice. I think so. Yeah. You need to know. Yeah. You got to know what you're driving, boy. <laughs> so Johnny's got Nobody's a, asking him what's underneath the hood of that Ford over there. I don't know. These days they're making like twin turbo V6s. So yeah. it, it, it might not be a V8. His load. So uh, he's he's got two Pan Americas in the bed of this thing, driving across the country from Charlotte to Santa Fe. And not only does he have the rental F-150 with two Pan Americas in the bed, but he's also pulling a, what is that, a 10-foot aluminum trailer behind Bigger him. Bigger than that. Yeah, Bigger than that. Like 14. 14, 14. foot. And from, shout, from out, shout out to? Oh, yeah. Jeff? <laughs> yeah, Jeff Pierce. He yeah. hooked us up. Our, our, our buddy back in Charlotte, he hooked oh, us up. He, he just let us borrow his trailer. And not only for this event, but anytime we call him, he says, y'all need the trailer? Have it. And so whenever so we you didn't it. give him a lot of details about this trip, did you? <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't know we had to climb a mountain to get here. <laughs> oh, well, we already did one set of wheel bearings today. That's true. <laughs> we've done so, a lot of bike work in the past couple of days. Sorry, yeah, Matt, fin- no, 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 finish no, no, you're up. good. On, on the trailer, we've got a brand new, brand new Harley Davidson Highway King with the champion sidecar. It's the, what's the official color? It's I we call it pink, but magenta, magenta, hi-fi magenta. Hi-fi magenta is the official color, and not only do we have that, but we also brought a dirt bike just because dirt bikes come in handy <clears throat> in environments like this. So Johnny's driving a F-150, two Pan Americas in the back, Highway King and sidecar in the in the trailer, and you guys send him out solo. Bike. What a rig! So we send him out solo. Solo. Johnny, and a, there's not even any room if he like finds a, a damsel in distress, like. The front seat is filled with shit. He can't even fucking <laughs> set her in the sidecar. Yeah. Set her in the sidecar. Yeah. In the trailer. Oh man. So he it's safe to say he's traveling with a rig. And we brought him down, what is this, ten miles worth of washboard least, fire roads? Yeah. To, to come rendezvous at the campsite. And, that, and now he's got Dan's chopper in the bed of the truck. Yeah. So and that sidecar rig is, I don't know, he says brand new. That thing's going to need pressure wash. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe half a centimeter on each side. Yeah, oh, clearance. yeah, if that. Yeah, if yeah. that, dude. Yeah. Maybe and we, one bag. And we, and we drive it on. We drive it on. Oh, that's, that's impressive. We, the first time we loaded that thing, we tried pushing it on, and it just wasn't working. It, it, we didn't have the confidence. And then finally one of us fired it up and drove it on, and that was the ticket. That w- made the easiest load it's up. It's like driving my chopper yeah. on the back of the truck earlier. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. That was impressive. I mean, Jake was sitting there. It didn't look like he was going to be much help anyway. So <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> And as the cameraman, I'm, like I'm upset. I'm upset that I missed that because you drove. That just in that did, moment? Yeah, that moment. I was like, yeah. Jake's dead. Uh, I'll just well, drive I was up. too busy changing tires on your Pan America. <laughs> <laughs> you were. I thank you for that. Oh. I thank you for that. Oh. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That's hilarious. I'm not. Uh. So, yeah, you drove your dang chopper up. We, we just had an aluminum-like loading ramp. That's a good ramp, though. It the is one a I'm used ramp. to driving up is like half earth, like a third of that size. Mm. So. Patrick, 
Yeah, Patrick Murphy, let us borrow the ramp. That was fantastic. Yeah. Come in handy for sure. We don't Patrick own anything. Murphy. We just borrow things. <laughs> We're professional borrowers. <laughs> Have you figured that out yet? I, no, I hadn't even considered where all this stuff came from. Man. We don't yes. own. <laughs> we don't own anything. <laughs> this is too sports fish, Vacco. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Two, three of them, something like that. So, but Jake, yeah, what's impressive. your experience with adventure bike riding? Oh man, um, so I got a Pan America in the beginning of 2023, January of 2023, and this year. Yep, and I really haven't taken it off road. Virgin. Yep, Virgin off road. No, that's maybe adventure bike. I mean, adventure. Yeah, bike. yeah, 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 yeah. I've taken You've a done loop. some adventures. I because mean, I've I've had multiple people reach out since the podcast we recorded last year. You know, I was sitting in Red River down there at one of those fucking parking spots by the river when we recorded that podcast about the tour of Idaho last year. Yep. Which was pretty fucking incredible. That's right. Uh, so he's got some experience. That's right. The tour of Idaho. Yeah. Some off-road experience, but not on a big bike. That's what I would say. Not on a heavy bike. I'm used to riding dirt bikes. Off-road. Plus, you, I mean, you take your dirt bike out on weekends... That that's your getaway, like when Jake needs to just get away, and go have time to himself in the mountains. He'll take his dirt bike to the mountains, and that like that you yeah, do that I'm fairly regularly, like for a few nights, just go by myself. That's my a thing. Few nights by yourself. Yep. I'll camp at the same spot. See, I use my dirt bike as like that's my workout. That's my gym. Yeah, I'll do that too. That's that's I try and ride as much as I can. I've I've given myself that excuse as I I need to work out riding a motorcycle and the fucking dirt bike provides that. Sure does. Sure does. <laughs> so, anyway, my uh my experience with this bike again, used to riding somewhat dirt bikes, not to your experience, Nick, which we'll talk about in a second. Um took that bike off-road, I would say for the first time today and I felt like Dan sort of took us on a somewhat difficult trail. I think he's I think he's um if, if I remember correctly, I heard, I'll take you on the easy trail first. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't even, we didn't even get to the, like, the advanced. I wouldn't even call it advanced, the intermediate. Yeah. So keep in mind, this is my first time taking a, a big bike off-road, right? And I'm like, man, this is, this is difficult. It, it kind of feels a little wash, a little bit more washy than I'm used to. <laughs> and you guys, <laughs> Dan and Nick, are just so far ahead of Matt and I. And we're like, we'll just stay back and, and stay safe. And, uh, yeah, so it was, it was more difficult than I thought it would be, is what I would say. And then uh, we got into these fire roads here that, that weren't super technical. Oh, the yeah. road that we oh, fucking rode on great. earlier was pretty rocky. Yeah, I mean, it's, a, chunky. it's got a chunky. lot of side-by-side traffic. Yeah, yeah. You know, exactly. so they're throwing up, they're, and it's been dry as shit, too, so that's another thing. Is Silty, chunk gravel rock, some tight corners with some yep. water breaks. You're zigzagging up the mountain. Yeah, so the I mean, it's, it's uh, on any bike you'd have to be on your toes, yeah. and on a 600 pound, 100. I don't know how many, how much yeah. horsepower these things Close make. Close to 600. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. You, you've got That's it loaded right. down. It's like you've got to be a little aggressive and kind of push it around, but let it float. It's kind of unnerving, but once you get comfortable with that floaty kind of vagueness, you can kind of rock it. Yeah, <laughs> you really can. And that's the thing is you can't force it. You know, you got to kind of let it do what it's going to do. 
use your weight to some degree, but also just kind of follow the bike. Yeah. You know, it's like yeah. twisting the throttle and following the bike. There were times where, like, I was eyeing a specific line that I wanted to take, and the bike just didn't want to take me there, so I followed the bike, like you're saying. Yeah. And the bike was just taking me this way, so I just kind of followed suit. And you're right. Like, you can't really force the bike one way or the other. You kind of have to, you know, it's a dance. You, you got to... It's a dance for sure. That's mm-hmm, a good exactly. way to put it. I agree. So, Matt, what about your experience? I mean, have you So you got the off-road sportster? Yeah, I had the off-road sportster, but even before that, like, I grew up on riding dirt bikes. From age 8 to age 17, I was on a dirt bike on a regular basis. I, I lived on a plot of land that was 7 acres, and one acre was cleared out for the house and everything but the rest of the acres were woods so I grew up you know at age 12 I was just paving you know dirt bike trails through my nice and so that's as a kid that's what I was doing you know and so probably a I don't know a six-year gap went where I didn't ride a motorcycle off-road maybe even closer to a decade and then I got my Sportster and in 2019 the first the first off-road ride I did since my dirt bike days as a kid was I took a 97 Sportster with Jake here <clears throat> and we went on the Vintage 1000. Uh, shout out to the Vintage 1000 because those guys are awesome. Yeah, um, they are. Which you can't ride a 97 Sportster. That's true, yeah. So I should clarify. <laughs> I tagged along on the Vintage 1000, but my bike it wasn't classified as vintage. They, they classify anything 81 and newer as vintage suspension reasons because the suspension gets really advanced after 81 so they draw the line at 81 as if if you're that's on a that's because most of them go to monoshock, monoshock right that's right. right that's right exactly so is that why you got a little leeway because well they had an advance <laughs> yeah yeah i was on a more capable bike that's right you were still just as handicapped as everybody yeah. else. But so Jake was on a 1970 Ironhead Sportster. Oh, brutal. And that bike, that bike might be my favorite bike that's been around our crew. I mean, I just fell in love with that bike. Uh, but anyway, so that's what he was riding. And, and the, the group as a whole, the Vintage 1000, agreed like, hey, yeah, Matt can come on his 97. Sure, it's not a vintage bike, but... He's shooting photos of, of the ride. A it's a sportster. He's, he's got a handicap. <laughs> so we're, we're going to let him tag along. And uh, it was a phenomenal experience. I mean, that bike, you know, I'm, we're riding with 70s Hondas. And yeah, there's, XLs and yeah, XTs, you know, TTs. what you would expect on a vintage 1000. Yeah. And so Jake and I are just following everybody, you know, along the route. They, they actually split everybody into like groups of five. There's probably close to 20 riders overall, and they divvy us up into groups of five and send us out in groups. And so Jake and I just had a different group every day. And uh, oh, each day was different. Yep. Yeah, each day was different. Oh, that's cool. It was mandatory to be different, so you meet yeah, yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. So I, I met a lot of people that I still keep in touch with to this day, like some yeah. phenomenal people. That yeah, are, Adam puts a lot of work into that. Event, he he and, sure does. You know, curating an experience more so than a race or mm-hmm. you know bragging rights it's more like no i want people to come in do this and enjoy it and want to do it more that's right you know? and when we got to camp every night they had a chef 
that was on crew there cooking for everyone. Yes. We got one too. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'll take we you off on that later, Dave. We wait long enough. He's gonna cook himself some food. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's the one thing I've learned about Nick in this trip and in two days already. Nick Nick needs food. I honestly thought it was funny that you waited so long. To yeah, bring that yeah, up. for sure. In the free ride talk. Yeah, the free ride talk. Yeah, he was like. So what about food? food? I'm like, we're a week <laughs> out, dude. No, it was like a month out, and he's thinking about food. No, it was like it was a last week. No, he waited. He waited to the last minute <laughs> to be to like let us know how important dinner yeah, was yeah. each night. Well, well, I mean, a, let's intro like, Nick. <laughs> that's, that's yeah. Right. Let's, let's intro Nick. Nick is Nick is the most talented off-road rider that I know. Hard enduro dirt bike rider. He's like a real athlete. Say. Yeah, you know, he's like yeah. He, he goes to the gas station. We're grabbing beer, and he's getting a green juice. I did because he's an athlete. <laughs> is that true? I was I was feeling a little run down from travel, and so I got a green juice <laughs> at the grocery store. <laughs> I've now progressed to a Modelo, so you know, lay off just a little bit. <laughs> oh. So I met Nick. Oh, uh, two years ago, I was going to Fuel Cleveland. And uh, I flew up to Pat Patterson's place, Led Sled Customs. And within 30 minutes, Pat had somebody pick me up from the airport and put me on a dirt bike. Thanks to Zach Hamilton, who hopefully won't be at the belly flop competition in Sturgis oh, this year. Too soon, dude. Uh, it's almost been a year, dude. All right, not too soon. <laughs> He's no longer wearing a halo. Jeez. Poor guy. That's, that's tough. Anyways, so we got to the, <laughs> what is it, the DDR? Dayton Dirt Riders. Dayton Dirt Riders, man, and it was so fucking awesome. How'd you do with those boys? I impressed myself. Okay. Honestly, Zach's bike was so awesome that I went home and found one. You know, it was like, that bike, I was oh, like, I, did, I didn't even know I could ride that good, you know. Uh, but while we were out there, and I thought I was being challenged, all of a sudden, this, like, blue dude with blonde hair just flowing out of the back of his helmet was like using his motorcycle as a pogo stick. Blue dude. Just bouncing around. Blue dude. Like they're like, he's a smurf. That's Nick Farringer. Everybody's whispering about it. Oh, and then they just started telling me about this guy. Like, holy shit. And, uh, no, but I I just noticed he could fucking ride. They're like, wait till you see his dad. He's even better than he is, you know? (laughs) And, uh, and then a day or two later, my friend Gary took me by Cycle Electric, and Nick took me on a tour of the Which Cycle Electric Which is Nick and his factory. dad's company. How yes, incredible is that? Yes, it's it's amazing. I mean that that tour, honestly, I've said it a couple times, but it was yeah. like, it was so cool to see like all those people working in there, like, and it's kind of deceiving when you pull up to the place. It seems like a small building, and we just kept going to room after room, and there was a machine after machine. With people just like stoked to see Nick. They're like, oh, Nick's at work. You know, he's not out fucking gallivanting in the globe riding dirt bikes right now, you know? <laughs> they were so happy to see you. And <clears throat> it was really fucking cool. I like, you know, you know, until then I was like, God damn, these cycle electric generators are fucking high dollar. You know, <laughs> I went there and I was like, dude, I would pay twice. I would pay twice as much as you're charging, just knowing that that money is going to that building and in creating a space where there's so many people that enjoy doing what they're doing 
in or happy about it. Like it was, it was cool. I hate seeing what the cost is to make stuff in America. That's right. Yeah. No, but get it. it's Amen. worth it because mm-hmm. when you, when you hook something up wrong and you call me and tell me that the generator has a problem. I will talk you through whatever it is you screwed up. Dude, I love your accent, you know. <laughs> I, I will say something it. that was, as a business owner, and something that's passionate about making as much as we can in the USA, and when I was asking you questions about Psychoelectric, yep. you were so passionate about how important it was to keep every single component down to every bolt, nut, screw, you name it, gasket, made in the USA. And I thought that was I mean, you, Super special. you guys sent a box of bolts back because the box, the cardboard box said China on it. Is that right? Well, yeah. And the catch was the bolt salesman brought the same bolts back in unmarked boxes. And my dad caught it. He tried to pull one over. He on recognized it. the crummy workmanship of these bolts, which is why you don't use the imported bolt from you know where. Um, where? So it rhymes with China. <laughs> <laughs> So that's the links that you're going to. You won't touch a bolt. That I, I mean, and I don't want to get in trouble here, but that, that has been the theory. And yeah. after the COVID pandemic and a couple things have come up, there is a component we are now sourcing to accompany the stuff that is still 100% American made to get some charging system kits out that we just can't supply. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's not anything we're proud of, but we're going to painstaking lengths to drive the factory to produce something that we can stand behind that will yeah. meet the performance standards that were already on paper and because that, nothing that painstaking else effort is what keeps your customers coming back that's right yeah yeah because the, the other stuff on the market we've tried to pair them up and it's just like well if we cut our numbers in half we could sell the stuff that's on our shelf that we've already made that, that needs so anyway it's it's tough you know it's tough absolutely i don't i don't know how a, other industries do it, but apparently a lot of customers don't care and they're willing to buy stuff, have no standards, and when it breaks within a year, they throw it away. Yeah, they'll, it'll be at their house in two days. They'll they'll yeah. get another one. I don't get it, but anyway. <laughs> so this is not my first adventure ride. No, it's not. Um, What's your experience been like on the Pan America? So. I did go to my local dealer and, and demo ride a Pan America. You know, I got a little chaperone wearing on the block. And, uh, you know, they gave me the sales pitch. Wait, they, wait, wait. Explain chaperone. Like, somebody okay. actually rode with you? Yeah, it's like you go to the... It's, it wasn't like a demo day. Butts or? It was... There was, like, a guy on, like, a, maybe a soft tail or something. It's, like, just taking me around the, uh, you know, the local, you know, Buckeye Harley-Davidson date. For some perspective... You've spent some time in the dirt. Yeah, yeah. So for those that don't know, like, I've been a professional dirt bike enduro racer for, it'll say 10 years, over 10 years. Since I've raced at a pro level while I was going to school after I graduated college, I spent eight years living just kind of on the road at a buddy's house down south, chasing some dreams, a championship. It was always just out of reach, man. I was almost. What was the dream? You know, it wasn't a dream. I was just, I just kept going. I just kept going. Like, what's, what can I do? The National Enduro Championship. This is when, when you, when you're a, when you're capable and you're pushing yourself and there's something in front of you. It's a carrot, or whatever. And and at this point, it's like I was capable of winning the National Enduro Championship. I won races. 
I occupied every position in the point standings. I led the point standings. I'd get injured. And at, at a point, you know, say six years ago, I realized this isn't happening and I'm pushing myself so hard. Injuries aren't worth it anymore. It can only get worse. So I, I tried to quit racing dirt bikes, but within a year, I got pulled into something called hard enduro, which is a little lower pace and much more sadistic and gnarly. <laughs> And I liked it because it, it utilized technical skill, strength, stamina, and just mental, you know, it, you had to be mentally strong to do it. And you didn't have to, you know, thread the needle between trees with a 250-pound bike at warp nine. And uh, and at, at this point, I wasn't, you know, doing any cruising around on bikes. I, you know, I, like I went to school on a Sportster, you know, I, I, before I quit racing, I had a KTM 950 I kind of acquired. And at some point, I, I did one, like, camping trip off the bike, but there was no real off-road riding. So very little adventure bike experience. Um, so it's like, yeah, over the last several years, I've I've done all sorts of crazy stuff on a dirt bike. I've raced hard enduros in Costa Rica. I went and did the big Romaniacs race twice. I've experienced things that I, I don't want to experience again on a motorcycle. I love that. I have too. <laughs> I mean, it's... There's it's, things I've done and I'm like, I don't know. It's <laughs> One like, and done. I'm good. <laughs> I guess that's what I, I learned today is type three fun. It wasn't fun doing it. And afterwards, I now have PTSD. Like, <laughs> it's like one wrong move and me and this bike are gone. But I survived and that's cool. But like, I don't know if I'm going to do that again. <laughs> What's so, so explain type three fun. I'm curious about that. Uh, is that uh, Jason? Is, is that a stepbrother in law, or how, I don't know where does he come in? Type three fun. Well, he was explaining type two fun and type type one, type two, type Who's three this? fun. Who's this? Jason at the house. Oh, Jace was. I, yeah, yeah, I didn't hear this. Yeah, he's. he's we're talking about having fun today. So this is Dan's brother-in-law explaining this. Yeah, to you. yeah, yeah. He said, you know, type one fun is fun while you're Apparently doing it. Apparently, Dan doesn't know his brother-in-law. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> That's all right. This is new. This is right. this is new. Very new. I right. hope he tunes in for the podcast this time. I mean, I I explain it as there's two types of fun. There's the fun you have in the moment. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, oh, this is fun. And then there's the type of fun that it's not fun in the moment. It might take like a year. It might take months. It might take 10 years before you're like, you can look back on it. Yeah. And, and the fun is in talking about it and re, you know, reminiscing on the yeah. experience with the people that were there with you. It's like planting that seed that's not going to really grow for a season. But anyway, yeah. type one fun is fun while you're doing it. Afterwards, it's like, hell yeah, that was fun. Type two fun is like you're saying, it might not have been fun during it because it was whatever we were all done grueling or afterwards whatever. though you can laugh about it yeah like, riding through the rain with your buddy cool. for fucking a thousand miles like it's that's not, not fun, fun in the moment but you're gonna have fun talking about that yeah. trip. Yeah. there are some unfortunate situations where you push that envelope too hard where even afterwards you're like yeah screw that <laughs> <laughs> a tight three fun is not even fun afterwards it was it, it started out as fun but then it just the evolution and the digestion was just all food poisoning. And that's where we're at right now? No, no, no. God just, damn, Nick. No, no, no. I was just saying, I've, I've you you've, know. You've I've, been in that tight three fun. I've I've done some things that on a motorcycle that I probably wouldn't do again. Yeah. But anyway, so now we're here. Dan, I got a call from you. We decided maybe last winter you, you threw out the idea of riding Pan America's 
on the BDR trail. I was like, what is that? What is he talking about? I was like, that does sound kind of neat. I said, yeah, I might be interested in that. Let, keep me in mind. My schedule's always busy, so it probably won't work out, but give me a call. And then a couple months later, you had some bikes lined up, and you said, what do you think? And I said, let me talk to the boss and see if I can get time off work. You didn't say that. I. You were like, I'm in, dude. Yeah. <laughs> well, inside, I knew I should at least ask the boss. Yeah, yeah. A.K.A. your dad. Yeah. I mean, I want to respect the fact that I have a lot of responsibility, but... You know, we only get one go around. That's right. And every year you should do something cool. And I think your dad understands that, you yeah. know. Yeah. I picked that up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, so this is not a race. This isn't going to be the hardest I mean, this I've ever this done. is definitely different from your past experiences. Yeah. Yeah, how's it feel for you? So, yeah, so riding the Pan America, not doing the little around the block at the dealership, it's cool. It definitely, I've thrown a leg over like an, a generation prior adventure bike, like looking back at my 05 KTM 950 that I just came off of. This thing feels way more refined. The engine, the, the power delivery, you know, now everything's digital. It it just motivates. It goes, it's smooth, it's controllable. You got all these different features, ride modes and stuff. It's kind of overwhelming. The suspension is surprising, knowing that this is the first generation of a Harley uh, for an off-road bike. Like, I was able to bottom it out, launching off some water brakes, yeah, okay, 600 pounds, it's a lot of weight, but nothing felt squirrely, too unbalanced. It, it, it tracks, you know, we're on day one, but so far so good. Um, how'd that, uh, that first trail that Dan took us on treat you? How'd that feel for you? I was, well, he was excited. I was excited. I, <laughs> you know, I have to feel where things work and where they're comfortable and, once I realized, it's like, okay, everything works a little better when you're putting some power to the tire, letting it float a little, but ultimately you got to keep it between the tire ruts because you got a uphill on one side and a big downhill on the other. And then there's all these side-by-sides that aren't going fast enough. So no, they're not going. What about all those four-wheelers? I heard a chick scream. You passed the, the four-wheelers and you... Dude, he, he got air past the four-wheelers. It's like a half pipe. I jumped Just past a side by side full of a family and I heard a woman a woman scream. I was like, she's never seen a Harley fly. <laughs> Not many people have seen pigs fly. I mean that's just <laughs> It's not gonna be your first experience on the or it's not gonna be your last experience of this trip where you Did you know where that somebody. came from by the way? Pigs? Harley and pigs? Or hogs? The hogs? Yeah. I know Tell I've heard me. This, I don't remember. So back in the 20s and 30s in board track racing, maybe earlier. God, I hope I'm right here. <laughs> I think I am. Um, tell there was, was this dude. I don't. I, I, I'm. I'm positive, dude. I'm so right. With we're we're gonna have to get Bill Bill Redenzel to fact check us. Here. No, I'm I, I'm for sure right about this. I promise you guys. So, during board track racing. There was this Harley racer, I don't know his name, he always won. And his victory lap, he would stop in his pits, and he would grab this little pet pig that he had and make a lap. <laughs> and so that's how Harley got the name Hog. Really? Yep. Fascinating. Where was the world's fastest Indian on that day? Not there. <laughs> on the sand somewhere. Salt. On the salt, that's right. I'm trying. That's wild how that just really took root, and it's just... 
I know. Isn't that crazy? We're we are a hundred years later. Hundred and twenty. Twenty. Yeah. Yeah. That's wild. That is wild. Well, when Brad joins us, he'll be able to tell us his full story. We'll see. We'll see. We will. So what what were you guys, uh, I mean, we haven't gotten started. So what are your expectations out of this trip? You know, the Colorado BVR. I know you guys have done some research. Uh, I've given you a little bit. Probably not much, you know. You haven't given us. I, I love it how you guys have just Tim, jumped on board with nothing. such little information. <laughs> I feel like that's like your your way of passing the test. No, it's people like that yeah, it's trimming the fat. Yeah, it's like yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, these guys don't ask any questions. All right, yeah, yeah. our poor chase trucks looking for a pin so we can so we can meet <laughs> up with us, and we don't. I'd like the route. I'd like to know the route. And by the way, <laughs> we'll this see, we'll see. The chase <laughs> truck. The chase truck was not on the itinerary, and it was not supposed to happen. But at this point, Johnny is with us, and yeah. he's part of the crew. He's, yeah, uh, he yeah. is here. We we wish that he was. We're going to take us. full advantage of. I don't wish he was riding with us. I mean, I do, but also I'm glad that you got a truck. We can haul sweet beers. shit, you know, beers and food. Yeah. And, you know, I mean. Well, this a, really positions what and what type of fun this is. Type one, type two. It's like it makes it more fun in the evening to have uh, Johnny. Yeah. Johnny always makes it more fun. I mean, like, when Johnny we were riding here in our intercoms that are kind of complicated, I was like, Matt, do you think Johnny's going to make it here? Like, do you think he knows where to go? And I was so impressed that you guys, with your little communication, I don't know, you guys have this thing. And when I say you guys, for those that are listening, I'm talking Dan and Johnny. You guys have this thing where, like, you guys can communicate so well without actually communicating. And I, I don't it. understand it. And I by, heard it. By communicating. we're going to keep going down this road. <laughs> yeah. There's going to be a gas station. You turn right, that road's going to be curvy, and it's going to turn to dirt. Keep Just going. Stay there. We're going to find a campsite. <laughs> That was the what I said, out. right? Found you. <laughs> now, this was a 40-minute... Are minute... those difficult directions hey, to follow? Yes, they are. Trips they I've are. Been on a lot of them trips before. I, mean, I guess they're difficult if you need a destination. You need an exact pinpoint. I guess that's me. <laughs> yeah, but yeah also, old planner over here. Yeah. He I mean, I am shocked that Jake just... He's like, all right, let's go. We're following Dan. Don't know exactly where we're going. That's, that's part of the adventure for us, honestly. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. Oh, this, I can this only is. Imagine. Nick was saying, like, you know, <laughs> if you have an opportunity presented to yourself, like you might get to experience this once a year, maybe once in a lifetime. Like you asked, like, what's your expectations for the BDR? It's like all we needed to know was we're gonna go on the BDR with Dan. That's all. That's what sold us. It's like we'll we'll just kind of follow along and figure it out. But we know it's going to be epic adventure. It's we're capable. We're capable of surviving, and we know it's going to be a good time. We got good company. Even right. if we're just eating some weenies from Dollar General tonight, you know, like we're going to survive. <laughs> I can't believe I, that I think grocery special, store is shut down. Man. What's very special for me and Matt? Again, we had this conversation earlier. Is people would pay so much money to do this, and you just called us you called me matt and nick and said hey do you guys want to do this and brad said do you guys want to do this with me and we were like yeah and you're like all right cool meet me here on this date and what did we do we showed up and you picked us up from the airport you showed up i asked dan i said so like what's the gig like what are we like are we promoting somebody are we shooting video what everything i've ever done throughout my you know being a professional racer, any other trip I did, it's like, 
we're doing a photo shoot for this company. We're, 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 we've got this magazine editor with us. No, we're just here. And yeah, it's like, I mean, I could contribute to different people, but so far I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just really want to share this. Like, I mean, that's really what I want to do. I've, but why? Because I enjoy it so much and I feel like it will, it'll give you more drive to do what you're doing. You know, providing the services <clears throat> that you provide and like you getting to see what other people get to experience because you build generators to keep batteries charging. You build parts to keep people on their bikes and trying new things. And this is a good way to like ground yourself, right? Like to, to remember why you're doing this. Yeah, yeah. And I think that it's really a way, honestly, of like, giving back to everybody that is you know trying to do these kinds of things you know the bringing the people in that are making it possible and sh you know just reminding them you know like reminding y'all like a couple years ago the guy that builds my motors built boston billy <clears throat> you know as long as i've known him he just drives his truck to the events you know the swap meets and buys parts he goes back to his shop, he builds motors. And I was like, come out to this, come out to Yellow Rose Canyon early, and I'm going to take you on a ride. And I took him on a ride, and he was just like, holy shit, this, this is, is fucking free. Born awesome. Born Free Texas. It was Born Free Texas, yes. And he was just like, man, you know, like sometimes I forget why I'm doing this. Wow. You know? And I feel like that's very important to... You know, we get carried away, right? We get carried away doing what we're doing. You know, we're just pumping shit out. And, you know, I feel like this is a good grounding mechanism. And I know some really fucking sweet spaces. And it's, you know, they're always funner with people. Yeah. You know, like, they're great to do alone, but you bring some friends in and share the experience. I mean, selfishly, I enjoy this more that you guys are here. Yeah. Cool. So, That's cool. And That's what, what better way this. to end it than at Sturgis? I mean, there's a lot of better ways. You know? <laughs> My wife's not going to be at Sturgis. <laughs> True. But when I get to Sturgis, I know that I can hang out for a couple days and go home. You yeah. know? I mean, that's another thing. It's like traveling is great. You guys have made a bunch of comments about how I spend so much time traveling, and I do. I, I spend a lot of time you know, exploring is the way I look at it. It's just seeing what's around the bend. And here's the thing. You guys will learn this before the trip's over is, you know, you may have GP, GPX tracks or whatever you want to call them. Yeah. If I see something <laughs> shiny, dude, we're going to go that direction. Dude, I'm all You know, like, it. I mean... Uh, I have that. Just, it's like, this is my insurance. I know where I am in the world. And this is what we're supposed to be doing. And I'm following these guys. No, what we're doing is we're enjoying this world, really. I mean, yeah. essentially, that's that's what's happening. Uh, we have, like, a rough guideline. And uh, I really feel like the BDR is like a fallback failsafe. You know, like a, you know, if I don't see anything shiny, we're going to go down this trail they presented us. Yeah, it's, us. it's a great par. Yeah. That's it. That's We're exactly. going to follow it's the par. par. Yeah. And then maybe uh, we'll go below par at some point. Like this place, you know, like 
I didn't plan on taking us here. And I came over here last night or yesterday and was like, fuck, I got to show these guys. You know? Like, yeah, it wasn't this yesterday. Is... We were with you changing your tires. So it was two days ago. All right, there you go. <laughs> two days ago. I was like, fuck, man. We could either do one night in Red River or we could do one night out here and, you know. We had both. We had a night in Red River and a night out here. Where are we? Are we north? Yeah, we, we can't we're say that. East, really. west. Just I, get, I, I just we're, haven't we're looked at it. South, Mexico, brother. That, we're that's south how of Colorado. <laughs> I'm yes. asking because I'm... We can, Colorado we can is literally like... Later. Okay. Colorado is like three miles that way. Really? Really? All right. Yeah, man. So, we... It's funny. So, you know... We had a group text going on for maybe two weeks, like, just, like, okay, let's kind of connect on this. None of us knew each other. Well, I didn't know these guys. Um, and then we had our connecting flight brought us in to New Mexico oh, yeah. And I just, I saw these guys. I saw a Harley shirt. I saw some stuff. <laughs> and I was just like. Saw the know. rolled I mean, cut. Like, I was just like, <laughs> I was like, hey, I was like. I was like, am I meeting you guys to ride out of New Mexico? And then he all he's like, yeah, I saw your helmet bag, man. I wasn't sure. I'm like, hey, guys, what's up? Yeah. That's so awesome. So yeah, that's, cool. that's how he, we had met. A bell, he had a bell helmet bag. And I was like, oh, dude, I thought maybe that was you, but I wasn't sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was, it was funny. So we, I had an awesome seat on the plane. Didn't and he was me. built like an athlete on top of that. And then we, uh, it, and yeah, I got called out by a daggone, uh, airport waitress. She's like, "Oh, you look like a Hawaiian surfer." Oh God! I yeah. said, "Yeah, try an Ohio dirt biker." <laughs> but thank you. It's all I'll the same. That's even better, dude. Yeah. So, but so anyway, it you was know, the English, the English girl. Uh-huh. The English girl on the flight. No, was um, it her? No, no. This was. I was. I got. I mean, I, we were in the Texas airport, I got a brisket breakfast. <laughs> I found the best restaurant in the airport on my layover. Oh, the, that's good. The was restaurant. it Fuzzies? What was it? No. That's something to do with like a tree or bark or wood or something. It wasn't Hickory though. It wasn't Hickory River. That's something Ohio. I don't know. It was good. Whatever. It's good. Moving on. So, you pick us all up, obviously, off the same plane landing and we go we scoop up a bike we're making our way through town and we're gonna put tires on bikes Wait, skip the fucking tires what did we do before that oh dude we, we went to cowgirls <laughs> <laughs> we went to cowgirls for lunch oh so and they good. had these these uh before well, that we took some advice from the bike the Wicked West, Wicked right? West, Wicked West, West was fucking great. Dude. By the they, way, they crushed it. They that, really did. That was cool. High vibes from that dealership. They sent us to a restaurant that it was for, closed for banging. Uh, uh, what was it? Green Chili Burgers or something? Los yeah. Amigos. Yeah, they were closed. not. Open. They were closed. So we went. The next best thing we saw was Cowgirls. <laughs> it seemed like that it was, was not the next best thing. That was like the best thing I could find. What it was right up because I don't just go to the next best thing. Yeah, that's right. We're on a food tour. We haven't talked about that yet. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's obvious. It's not obvious. It's not obvious that we're on a food tour at this point. 
you know, <laughs> some, you, you can't always be peaking, you know? <laughs> oh, are you fucking, uh, are you, uh, what do you call it? You're uh, a foodie. No, no, he's, he's managing our expectations, right? Yeah. He was like, eh, I'm not going to get him a burger this time. That way, the next time when I do get him a burger, they really appreciate it. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. is that what you're trying to say here? No. <laughs> Look, I was, I was in a place. I, the man <laughs> needed a burger. You know, we're, we're here now. But <laughs> at Cowgirls, man, we all ordered that mother burger. <laughs> it had bacon. Beef, all sorts of cheese. Okay, I got a question. Some, What's what is a truffle fry? It's because it, those fries look like they were just fries. Normal fries. I thought the same thing. I thought he just messed up. Truffle isn't that some kind of like a mushroom? Truffle oil. Like they have another batch of oil that they charge you extra to fry the fries it was in. Two dollars extra. I mean, it smelled good, but Does they tasted know? like regular fucking fries. I think Johnny knows. Is it truffle oil? Johnny's got his dick in his hand. He knows all about truffles right now. <laughs> hey, he's peeing uphill from my tent. I don't know about that. <laughs> Dude, truffle fries are banging. All right, tell us about it. I them. mean, they were good. But it's what's... just truffle oil. It's uh, it's like a mushroom oil. Yeah, okay. And it's, dude, it's good. It was fine. You can put it on anything. You put it, it tasted on, like put it on normal. fries. You put it on burgers. It tasted like fries yeah, to me. Thought, yeah, they... I you said you were on a... Food tour. We are. Dan's taking us on a food tour. This is for the listener. Hey, we we are fucking learning along the way, dude. I mean, we don't know everything. Exactly. (laughs) And it's good that the fries were good because the server started things off a little rocky, bringing Jake a non-alcoholic beer he ordered. In his defense, (laughs) Jake ordered a (laughs) non-alcoholic beer. It was not well received. On the uh, menu, it did really what it wanted, guys. The biggest letters on the menu said the N-A. non-alcoholic beer. No, it didn't. Beer it said N-A. It said N-A. Oh. He thought oh. that was a local brewery. We don't have that back in North Carolina. <laughs> we don't have N-A back in North Carolina. If they you're going to drink a beer, you're going to drink a beer. Welcome to fucking New Mexico. I didn't know how to prepare myself for N-A's. You drank it, though. I drank it because I felt bad. It was okay. <laughs> beer seltzer. Yeah. <laughs> seltzer beer. It was fine. It was a waste of calories. Right, Nick? I don't have a problem with calories. <laughs> yeah, this guy can't get enough fucking calories. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> there wasn't enough water in that thing for him to drink it. Well, we all finished that mother burger. I asked that waiter for the stepmother next. <laughs> he didn't know what to think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he did. Yeah, he knew exactly what to think. Yeah, uh, that guy. He was thinking about your porn history at that point. He, he said that. He said something, and I realized that my joke was taken to the full extent that it should have been, and that was more I mean, than I. Intended. That's what you were aiming for. No. I just, I don't think any of us expected for it to land there. I was just respecting all types of families with this burger. <laughs> <laughs> and then Damn, it, was that but, a jab right there? No, dude. No, no, no. This is about. I don't golfers. know my stepbrother now. He's fucking taking. 
Stepmother jabs at me. Dude, I... Wait, how long has he been your stepbrother, by the way? Let's go back to this. Maybe a year. Okay, that's fair. I understand that. Yeah. And he's great, too. I mean, he really is. All right, Dan. Well, can you give us the rundown on the rest of our trip? Absolutely. All right. Let's talk about it. You guys are going to follow me through Colorado. <laughs> <laughs> That's you all you need to know. <laughs> That's it? Come on. I mean, come I mean, on. Give we, us some insight. We can do it a little differently. When is, this go- when is our podcast going live? Uh, it's live right now. All right. It's... It- I, I, know, know, I, don't I hooked service. this up to Wi-Fi before we got settled. No, we don't have it. We, we, we got the solid red dot. We're live. No, we have no signal. No signal. I'm no, I mean, for right real, uh, what I love about the BDR is how, one thing I loved about it was how it covered every terrain that Colorado has to offer. We haven't even made it to Colorado. And we're going to experience rocks. We're going to experience silt. We're going to experience sand. We're going to have some water crossings that will probably be a lot more difficult than when I went through them two years ago. What's the difference between silt and sand? sand You'll find has, out. Sand has a, you like, will find a viscosity. Out, silt, just it's, it's more of an optical illusion. There's nothing mm-hmm. there. Okay. It's just it's a, poof. Yeah. And you're hitting stuff under it that's usually pretty irregular and messed up. Yes, yeah, you can't see it. It's just... Okay. And uh, we're going to climb some passes. We're going to go down some roads. Roads is very vague that have side-by-sides on them that will have a lot of traffic. Then we're going to go down some that we won't see anybody for a long time. We're going to hit some, you know, I've always said that the roads in Colorado are paved with weed. You know, because when I'm riding my chopper through Colorado, the roads are really nice. We're going to go down some really nice gravel roads, you know, like where they're like chip sealed, just smooth. And then we're going to go down the complete opposite of that as well. And we're going to meet some people. We're going to eat some good food. We're going to have some great experiences outside. And I hope that when you guys leave here, you want to do it again. Mm. Not just following me, but like, you know, taking some friends and sharing this with other people. Right. I really do. I think that's the coolest thing that this bike has, has done for me is like taking me to other places uh, that I wouldn't normally get to go to, you know, and meeting people that I wouldn't normally meet. You know, I feel like we're going to meet the Gore-Tex Vortex out there, you know, like <laughs> the Power there Rangers. is going to be a fucking... Sperm well line ja- well, how's it go? There will be whale somebody. foreskin line jacket dude out there that you would not expect to have anything in common with. And you're gonna be so stoked to meet him and talk to him. Yeah. Because of where you two are at at that moment in time. That's cool. Yeah, when you meet someone at the top of a mountain on a treacherous pass, you're gonna have some things in common. Yeah. Even if you know, they it's dress like, different. It's like riding your bike down a a two-lane highway instead of the interstate. You know, things are at a different pace. You get out here to the dirt and the gravel and the fire roads and the trails, you meet people that are on fucking vacation. You know, they're on a 
they're on a totally different, you know, time set than you are. And I hope it brings you back and sets you down and plugs you in to what's really going on. That's great. I think the scope of what we're doing is awesome because it's definitely kind of a reset. But to what you're saying about when you meet somebody, when, when you take off on a journey and you know you're getting farther away from like the, the normal everyday traffic pattern of people that are just on a motorcycle, like something that's less obtainable to the everyday, more, uh, what am I trying to say, more out there. You know, it's the path less traveled is a backcountry discovery route. And from my perspective of riding the most gnarly stuff you can get a motorcycle to, the further away you get away from the highway, the more interesting and just the best people you meet. Yeah. Because it takes some character and some dedication and some desire to go do that. And the, the guys that you may maybe want to avoid that just, you know, the guys running down the highway. I mean, I hope we get to the point where you're like hoping we run into somebody, you know, where you're like, <laughs> what do you mean? Like, you know, just like, just to express how you feel, mm. you know, if nothing else, but to just like, <clears throat> you know, like, fuck, I've been with these guys for a minute. I want to like, there's somebody yeah. else here experiencing something yeah. similar to me right now. Yeah. Let's talk about it. You know, like, sure. and I hope that you guys take advantage of these moments to, N not try and keep up with us or, you know. Wait, you think we can't keep up with you? No, no, like. Ah, just, I see. I, I, mean, I, I mean, I know we can't keep up with Nick, but maybe you. What I'm saying is <laughs> when you find yourself in a spot and you see somebody, don't hesitate to stop yeah. and, like, enjoy that person's presence. I like that. And you're, or, you're or great that at river's that, presence Or that yeah. mountain's presence. Just stop. Yeah, know? like when we stopped at the dollar store today, you <laughs> the dollar store. Or the liquor store. No, no, it was the dollar store, wasn't it? Oh, I wanted dollar to know General. What tires were on our bikes, <laughs> yeah. so we could put them on his Harley. He couldn't he believe they like, were Harley Davidson. When I ride my Harley 80 miles an hour down this fucking I need some road, aggressive tires. I need something more than these street tires. <laughs> yeah, we're going to meet more people like that. They couldn't, they couldn't believe together. we were on Harleys. <laughs> yeah, they could not believe that we were on Harleys. You're right. Speaking crazy. of sharing your experience, out here last time i was in colorado riding my my enduro bike we were camped out in taylor park and i was uh, I, I remember riding up the top of american flag mountain and sitting there i guess there's something called marmots oh were, yeah that were it looks like a beaver without a tail uh-huh and i'm sitting here yeah, like yeah. look at these beavers where are their tails <laughs> you know i didn't know any different of course they tried to tell me but like i'm having fun with this we go back down the mountain. We end up in a small town. I, f I should know the name. I forget. Having dinner. And I am conversing with this. You could tell it was a, a party next to us. It was a, a couple, in a, a, a middle-aged couple with a young child and a, some grandparents or something. And they're very interested in what's going on with this motorcycle group at this table. And I'm, I'm asking them if they've seen the tailless beavers and they are just like what are you talking about and you know i'm pretty enthusiastic about this story um it, it was a it was a highlight moment i remember it well but you know just talking about roping people in on your experience and yeah yeah to, to you know i don't know where these people were from if they've experienced the tailless beaver or not but 
And man, was I on cloud nine telling them about the tailless beaver. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the marmots are pretty prevalent out here. They're, they're, they're kind of everywhere. I have a, um, I have a le legit question for everybody. Everybody has to answer it. And it might be too much. <laughs> uh oh. But I'm going to ask it anyway, because that's how I roll. All right? All right. All right, so Matt has uh, pushed this book on me. It's a, it's a Rick Rubin book. And if you guys don't know Rick Rubin, he's like the biggest music producer of all time and goes about things in a different way than anybody else has ever gone about things. Um, and so I've been reading that, and one of the things that he says in his book about like how he's successful or how he goes about life or whatever is he sets an intention for everything that he does. Everything that he does, he sets an intention for. And so for me, my intention was, all right, I'm not going to be a planner like we were talking about earlier, Dan, right? I'm not going to be a planner. I'm just going to show up and I'm going to enjoy the moment and I'm, I'm going to enjoy every moment. And that was my intention. So my question to you guys is, what would be your intention for this trip? That's a good question. Yeah, I'll go first. Okay. <clears throat> my intention was to enjoy y'all's company while also sharing some things that I feel like I've <clears throat> from experience have you know gotten really good at which is like finding camp spots finding places to eat you know Fishing. navigating uh, not only maps but terrain and uh, just really sharing my not just my experience, but sharing my knowledge and, um, yeah, really that's it. Just sharing what I, what I've learned over the course of time, traveling on a motorcycle and the things that I really hold dear and that's it, you know, just sharing. Love um, that. Love that. Nick? Everyone is looking at me. <laughs> um, Matt can go first if so you're... My, no, 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 I'm, I can go with this. Uh, I hadn't set an intention, but kind of knowing where my head was at, I know it takes me a couple days to come down off of everything that is my life. And, yeah. and like, a, you know, like kind of setting it in a different groove for an experience, but I want to really live in it. Like I've been looking forward to the stars out, looking up out here because in Ohio there's just light pollution. So, but... And join the company of some dudes that are, we're all kind of coming from similar tracks and we're doing the same thing. Um, slowing down a little bit, but also like trying to push the envelope a little bit, encouraging, like let's, let's challenge ourselves a little, but also with no expectations at all. Like for me, just dropping expectations and just experiencing is a big, a big enough deal. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I mean, we're going to be doing a lot of camp cooking. You guys know I like food. I want to contribute, and I want to help make some food. Are you ready to eat right now? Camp. Actually, I'm doing all right. You know, <laughs> we've, we've, we, we had a little <laughs> snack session. We've had a, a little bottle of tequila that's circulating behind the microphones, and that is a bit of appetite. You know, it puts it on pause, but we'll be ready to cook some wieners here in a minute. So. <laughs> Love that. Yeah. Good intention. Matt? Uh, so, so my intention with this trip is to enjoy the experience. And what I mean by that is 
you know, we live, Jake, Johnny, and I live in Charlotte, North Carolina. And if we want to get to the mountains, we got to drive two hours west and we're in the Appalachians and it's beautiful country, green trees everywhere. If you're out there in the fall, you're going to see colors like you wouldn't believe. I mean, it is phenomenal landscape, but it's different landscape than out here. And I love, you know, as the photographer in me, I love being out here in this new landscape. It's new to me. I've been to Colorado three or four times in my life, usually going to between Colorado Springs and Pikes Peak for different events. But my, I, I've fallen in love with Colorado and the West. Every time I come out here, I fall in love all over again. And, it's, and I think it's because it's just new. It's, it's, it's new to me. It's and not just new. There's more to it. What is it? What There's is, what more is it? of it. There's more of it. You yeah, it's so vast. It. It's Such vast. Big yes. It's vast. It's and it's just like, I just feel like I've been transplanted, transplanted on another world when I come out here. Even on our highway ride, it was awesome. It was amazing. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. That you know, what were we on the highway for? Twenty miles. Those you twenty miles. See fucking I, so far. I was on direction. cloud nine for those twenty miles. It was one of my At highlight rides. At one point, I thought your bike broke down. I was like, they slowed down really far, and I was like, oh, look at that storm going over <laughs> yeah, the Rio yeah, Grande yeah. Valley we, next to Ute <laughs> Mountain. You know, like oh, we, we slowed, slowed down, down because to look at it. yeah, I slowed down to look at it. And I take be, a photo. Yeah, that's what we did. That's yeah. awesome. I, I pulled my phone off the mountain. I, I just had to try my best to try to capture this. And, you know, it never does it justice. You have never. to be here. And so just my intention was go out there, be there, and experience this because it is so cool to me because it's so new to me and different. And, you know, just the, the, the landscape and the experience as a whole. And, and like Jake was saying earlier, you know, people pay good money to go on adventure rides like this. And I, I just feel super grateful that I get to be here with y'all. I, I knew you two, actually, to be honest, all three of you are great riders. And so I feel like I'm in good hands. I'm probably the most novice rider of the group. And I, I feel like because I'm surrounded by good riders, I'm in good hands. And so that'll wear off. That <laughs> that'll wear off. <laughs> that, that that aspect of this isn't weighing on me. I'm I'm not good. I'm not anxious. I I'm just looking forward to what's tomorrow going to bring. And you know what? Where are we going to go? I I know we're going to see some of the most beautiful country that this or beautiful landscape that this country has to offer. And I'm. I'm just excited for all of that. You know, one thing I've learned in the past, I mean, it's probably been two years when I've been, like, accepting to it, is the views. You know, like, yeah. I love riding twisty roads. I love getting into it and, like, rubbing shoulders and passing people and just being next to people while riding through twisties. But I really love just seeing vast openness it's yeah. hard yeah. flipping that switch from That's being right. a hardcore rider to really appreciating what you're riding through yeah 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 for instance picture this at this very weekend last year i was racing <laughs> i was racing red bull romaniacs which That's is right. the gnarliest Gnarly. it's 100 percent opposite of the what we're gnarliest doing right enduro so in different. the world yeah. four-day event and uh, on the third day of this race, on the, on the third day of this race, 
we, we come up out of this awesome gnarly <coughs> forest section where we're crossing these these high mountain kind of blueberry fields and i mean i'm winded there uh i had just helped a rider that had fallen who had his he took his gas cap off because his fuel tank like swelled up and he got gas all over him i was helping tending to him rinsing his eyes out and it's just like it was a panicky situation i was like there's blueberries all around and i just like everything slowed Snacks. down for a second Snacks. <laughs> dude, dude, wants food. This dude always wants food. Yeah. I slowed My down. Dog. I mean, like, I this, is, you. this is the middle of a world-class race. Mind you, like, rewinding. So let's pause and I was running snack. in 13th place. Was that 20-minute break? <laughs> I slowed down. You could have done so much better, Nick. I leaned over. Oh. And, like, I scooped up. So, you know, I pulled off a couple blueberries. I was like, they're, like, still warm, you know. I pulled them, like, pushed them in my helmet. So amazing. It's just like you gotta stop and pick the blueberries. Yeah, yeah. yeah Even yeah. if you are racing That's a the gold class and Red Bull Romaniacs, no one's paying me to be there. I dropped like 15k to be there. I'm gonna slow down and pick the blueberries in the middle of day three. That's cool. That slow down yeah. and pick the g- blueberries is a good quote to, Dude, to it, take away. That's what we're gonna do this whole trip. Yeah. Can can that be our motto for the trip? You can say whatever pick you the want. Pick the blueberries. Yeah. Slow down and pick the bl- blueberries. Yeah. I I used That's to get. I, I used to get made fun of by a, a buddy of mine. We, you know, this is in high school and we just got our license and we were excited to be driving around town autonomously. We had freedom, you know, when you get your license for the oh, first yeah. time, you know, you can go where you want to go and there's freedom to it. And, and I'd be driving around with a buddy at sunset and I would literally pull over on the side of the road and just because I had to take a photo. It's, and this is our hometown. We've lived here our whole life. And he he couldn't under he couldn't wrap his head around why I wanted to slow down and stop, pull over and take like, a picture. The fucking cops are gonna be on to us. We're fucking hanging out on the side of the road. You're fucking taking photos. We look like hippies. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. And he couldn't wrap his head around it. But I'm I'm sitting here like, look at this place. This is, we get to live here. Like this is beautiful. And and I think that is probably part of what drew me to just photography in, in general is trying to capture what I am Isn't seeing. It difficult it's so difficult being it's, a you never photographer do and understanding all that shit like still trying to capture. Yeah. You know it, it's funny what the photos that, that that capture my eye and make me go wow that's an amazing spot. You know it's, it's tough to get the perspective into it you know. It like, really I is. I saw you earlier and you were like running behind a tree, and I was like, "Fuck! You should be using those tree branches to like yeah. Yeah. show yeah. Yeah. like yeah. That's exactly what where he's, doing. he's at." You yeah. know, yeah. maybe you were, but I was like, "Cause it's it's so difficult, you know." Like I love you guys to see me. I'll be going down the road, pull my phone out, and I'm trying to like capture shit. Yeah. I have so much, so many photos, so much video that it just doesn't do it for me you have you know, like, to be there and and back that, to like, like i can't even that's right it's like i can't even put it out there because it's like it doesn't yeah. do it justice uh, and i'm sure right. nick nick can relate to this like yeah. doing a gnarly hill climb like if you were to take a photo of what you got stuck on and post it on instagram people would be like oh whatever it's a there's, mild hill climb there, i i've been so many places around the world doing such cool stuff and even on the regular just <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> Dude, you're so cool. <laughs> Stop it. No, I don't mean. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right, whatever. 
no, keep keep going, keep going, Nick, keep going. I'm just, I'm thinking back on it. Like, I know. I've had some I know, cool it's amazing. I know, it's, it's amazing. I have stopped to take pictures, and I the same thing, Dan. I look at my phone, I'm just it's like, like, that's yeah, not even what is sharing, dude. That's, that's right. right, that's right. I'm like, right. why do I hit pause in the middle of doing these things? Yeah. Imagine like, doing that for a living and being constantly frustrated that you can't quite capture can't. exactly. Yeah. That's can't. right, yeah. You just can't. Yeah. And, but, and, is, but let me ask this to a photographer. Is there ever a moment where you're like, the moment I captured is better than what mm. was actually there. So the the photography I'm I've most proud of in my portfolio is the the photography that I've like set up the perfect shot, right? Like I know the light is gonna hit like I found oh the backdrop I want. This is gonna be a difficult trip for you. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, but so so there's kind of there's kind of two buckets of my favorite photos. There's my favorite photos where like I've set up the perfect shot, I've timed it right, I've been camping out all day waiting for that perfect light, right? And so those go into like kind of one bucket. And then the second bucket of the photos I'm proud of are like when we go on the Vintage 1000 or when we're doing a rides like this and I'm taking a photo of you guys changing a tire on the side of the road because it's, it's trying to capture that experience of what we're doing, where we're at. And you've got the Rocky Mountains in the background and we've got a bike, you know, picked up, you know, there's a stump as a, you know, a lift under it and we've got a tire off and we're changing the tire. And that's collecting quality memories. And, and it's, try, right. it's trying to, it's, it's those storytelling photos of trying to capture what's happening. And, and I feel like those photos in that bucket are what inspires people to go out and do similar things to what we're doing. They'll, they'll see photos like that or they'll hear podcasts like this and be like, wow, that sounds like a good time. I want to be a part of that. And, and that's, that's really rewarding when, when I get to capture something that actually translates somewhat of, of the real experience that we're having. That's cool. I think that's important. That's why like, I, I took a picture of Dan setting up his tent with the bikes parked around. I'm like, this is not a quality picture, but we're here doing this and that's this right. picture exists. That's right. That's right. We might yeah. use this, but then like, when you see that like epic view and you want to stop what you're doing in the moment to get the epic photo, like unless you're a professional and you're going to get it right, like don't, like for me, uh, it's like I should probably just enjoy riding through yeah. this scene and not worry about fumbling with my phone with that photo that's going to just take up data space. And, and I feel like those photos, those cell phone photos we're going to take on this trip are going to be what are most inspiring to people to be honest not yeah. not the perfect well, light the yeah, it, it's right. it's in the moment it's it's just capture what's in front of you with the camera that you have on you which think, is all of our cell phones i think that's something important to say is like our goal with this trip is just to have a great time together and it's not to do any content capture yeah matt's here to to capture content with us but our goal is to just have an incredible journey, an That's incredible right. trip. That's and right. whatever happens from that and whatever we capture yeah. from that, that everybody else can see is cool. And it'll yeah. be a really good time on Harley Davidson Fan Americas all wearing bell helmets. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love you, Nick. Oh. oh, that's it right there. And Michelin tires and 
Whatever else. That's the end. The end. No, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. We haven't asked Johnny about his intention. Matt, hand him this mic. Yeah, yeah. All right, we're we're doing a mic transfer from Matt to Johnny. He's like, we're getting paid by the hour. Jeez, my bill's gonna be so expensive. As long as we're still traveling, it's all good. We were getting paid by the hour. Poor Jake. I'm broke. Well. Order well, more parts. That's all I gotta say. Here's Chase Truck. Chase, <laughs> Chase Truck Johnny. Chase Truck Johnny. I've done a few. I've done a lot of Chase trucks. Now I've done a lot of motorcycle trips, a lot, a lot of chopper trips, and a lot of camping like this. So I'm stoked to be here to help in any way that like, if you guys need something, I'm here to grab it or offer advice or have the beer or have the cooler always the moral things support. That, moral support it, all the things that like you're on a trip and you're like damn I wish I had some cold beers right now and you know we got Johnny him came we got him so that's, that's my intention I'm here I'm stoked to be here just to have the helping hand and have the space or things to be able to help everybody out with so I fucking love it that's yeah. nice I it love nice. it and you're so good at anticipating needs and just yes, right. and coming through. That's why we communicate we so well because we already know what's coming <laughs> we, up. We know it's we like, know we know what the boys need. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I can't explain how well you guys communicate together without communicating. Telekinesis. I mean, bro. Oh. I, I just feel like I've you're been not on so many listening. trips. I've been on so many trips where like, oh, we're going to the classic. Yeah, but spot. you're not even communicating. You're not talking. <laughs> That's what I don't understand. But the two of you guys are not talking. Here's the deal: the sun comes up and the sun goes down. <laughs> the wheels okay. go round and round. I mean, it's <laughs> the same things happen every day. You know, the same needs are needed, and they can be met. You Look, know? you and I are both not at the shop trying to fix the broken machine and answer the phone call. This is this here. We know what's happening. We're going down the road. Yeah. We need to eat, drink, and ride. And Johnny on the spot knows it too. <laughs> yeah. And, and honestly, like, we, we live in like a, a social media world, right? Where everything has to be done for the camera. And sure, there's cameras here, but this is, this is the opposite of the social media world that we live in. This is us having an experience where we're living life, right? It's, it's, we're, we're not doing things for the sake of capturing them we're doing things for the sake of doing them for and enjoying the, exactly. the moment and, and exactly. i think that's that's a really important distinction between what we're doing here and like you know bespoke photo shoots with that's production right. teams and like you, you're that is an experience of itself but it's nothing like the experience out here. You know, Dan doesn't allow that. We we don't have and cell I love phone that. service I really out do. here. I we're, love that. We're just out here in the mountains with motorcycles, and and that's what it's about with with people that, like you said, we didn't know each other before this, but because of this trip, we're going to be lifelong friends after this trip. That's right. And I truly believe that. And and that's yeah. been my experience with every motorcycle trip I've ever been on. You develop these lifelong friendships with oh yeah nick oh yeah nick's my my boy we rode the pan the pan americas through the colorado bdr together and and we we're just going to have that kinship moving forward and and i feel like that's what a ride like this is about 
That's pretty wild when you put it in perspective like that. But to frame it, though, really, like most of us, like professionally, we all work in the industry. And if we're not in the shop, we're doing something that feeds the shop or feeds the industry or, you know, reciprocal. And then we look at Dan and Dan, he kind of occupies this space where we know that Dan's going to do Dan and it just works. And he makes it work and he's got a good thing going. That that train is moving and you got and, you, you just got to get all aboard, and, brother. <laughs> and he he brought us on board and now we're here doing Dan's world. And I love it. <laughs> it's a <laughs> He was gone. For, the, for, 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 for those listening, we've uh, just tapped the bottle of tequila oh, here. Lord. Mm-hmm. I really thought it was already empty. <laughs> That's it. Hey, can we do this again? Tomorrow night? No. Yes. No, I will not allow that. Hey, would you, would you come on, on our side of the country and uh, run through the Appalachians with us? Yeah, let's East Coast BDR. Down. East Coast BDR. So, down. so Jake and I, we did one ride with Johnny. Johnny was with us, and he, he was on our dirt bike, and it was Jake and I on the Pan Americas, and Johnny was on the dirt bike following. And our goal was to get a handle of these Pan Americas. It was our first time taking these bikes off-road. But it was and, so much easier than Oh, yeah. I mean, it today. doesn't hold a candle to what we're doing out here. <laughs> However... Even an experience like that was phenomenal. And it's like, it's, it's not as hard riding, but the, the views, the, the environment, it's, it's a different kind of beauty out there. I, mean, I think that's one of the most special things about this is you guys are coming from a different part of the planet. Right. And you're going to appreciate things that I might look over. Right. You know, things that I might, oh yeah, I've seen that before. I'm going to hold you right there. What time is it right now? Please do. And why is the sun still up? It's late. It's not I, up. I know it's late. It's kind of up, though. That's or is that mo- just the moon? That's a moonlight, brother. The moon's Starlight. just so, so bright. It's 9.30, and we can see clearly. Yeah. That is not the same in North Carolina. Welcome to This the country has such diverse terrain and landscapes. It's awesome to have the opportunity to come from, you know, I come from the north west of the Appalachians you know it's like the foothills of the Midwest you guys are on the other side of that come all the way out here it is totally different yeah and that's just like it's something I've I've been out here for different experiences and it's been a few years since I've been out here and I've been I've been craving getting out here again so this is like really quenching that thirst and that's what's so cool about adventure bikes is you can go like a tank of fuel will take you what like 200 miles I don't know like you can go, than you want to go without stopping. Yeah, you can go, sure. you can go so far, and you can cover terrain that's, you know, any dirt road you can take. And I don't know what kind of trail you can take, but dirt roads you can do. Trails, well, maybe we'll figure that out. Maybe not. But oh, we're gonna figure it out. Yeah, it's just like the the things you can get to. I mean, you can't take a minivan there. That's right. Why you you know you. You can't ride a dirt bike far enough. You guys are going to be shocked at the places we see minivans. I can't wait. That sounds like a whole nother idea. <laughs> or freaking Toyota Corollas on the back. Oh, I've been there. Dan. <laughs> You're like, what? Dude, but don't take away bus. from what we can do with adventure bikes. You found a Dan, school bus? let me ask you something. Yeah. Do you have a favorite moment in mind about our trip moving forward? Is there a holy grail? Yeah. Right, like, right now... 
fact that we've come together like this, and I've seen you guys communicate the way you're communicating, no, I don't have any expectations. Okay. I really, you guys have, uh, I wouldn't say you've surpassed what I expected, but we've already gotten to what I thought might take a what couple of hoped. days. Yeah. What you're saying was this was like a, like a suicide drug. Like you go in the kitchen and you throw some stuff together and it just might not work. And you just didn't know if that's what you were doing. Well, no, there was never a... Back to the food analogy. <laughs> no, yeah. There was never a thought of like <clears throat> what it's going to be. I was just excited to see what it could be. Yeah. And yeah. you guys are expressing yourselves in ways that, you know, makes me excited about the next couple of days. That's cool. cool. To, you know, I mean, right now, just what we've done in the past two days, you know, I didn't think we'd have to go through all that shit this whole trip. Yeah. We, we didn't did even talk we about left. We, we even... did that shit before we left. Yeah, okay? that's right. And we still left. We did a test run today and had to go back to ground zero. And we're here. That's right. It's a beautiful thing. I love you guys. And that's what's special to me is like being able to experience something like this and everybody still be in good spirits. Hey, things didn't go 100% the way we expected them to go, but here we are. We've uh, reconvened on all this and here we are, ground zero. Let's have a good time. Let's enjoy this experience. And those, those trials and tribulations that we're going through, that's bringing us closer together. Every problem we encounter and we work as a team to figure it out, that's just bringing us tighter and tighter. And, and I feel like that's also a huge pro to a, to a trip like this. You know, that's, you're going yeah. to experience. I just thought it would take a couple of days. <laughs> you didn't expect it off the bat. No, not at all. Yeah, yeah we've, yep. had, we've had a couple uh, couple things to deal with in the past two days. Really, but. the most frustrating thing was getting an axle threaded into a lower. <laughs> yeah. Changing tires. Changing tires. tires. Too many chiefs. Not enough Indians. Romping yeah. on happens. one axle. But, Dan, we, uh, I think, for the group of us, we can all say we are really, really, really genuinely appreciate you bringing us all together and enjoying Absolutely. this experience. And where we are right now in the middle of New Mexico mountains and there's a river right beside us. There's a mountain, there's a river on one side and there's a mountain on the other side and we have our motorcycles with us and we're camping and just enjoying this moment. We really, really appreciate it. Thank you. Absolutely. hundred percent. Just get ready. <laughs> get ready. Dan, Dan knows what we don't. He knows what we're going into here. Get we're, ready. We're also grateful for your wife for not being upset that we all rolled in after 11 p.m. last night. Dude, shout out to Katie. What oh, a yeah. awesome. Let's oh speak my about that. God. Yeah. We, we, she said there's food in the fridge. We pulled out like eight like leftover tubs and just cleaned out every one of that them. That she prepared for us. Oh, my God. And then this morning prepared coffee for us. What a bacon. phenomenal woman. Yeah. Dan, I don't, I don't understand how you... Nah, I don't know. And then, <laughs> I mean, you're, then, you're a good the only dude. reason I'm able to do this is because <laughs> I've got her back home. And then we had like a couple waves of some like turbulence and like test runs and getting stuff together, coming out with like a tub of sliced watermelon. Like here, 
Yeah. This will help. Yeah. We're, we're, acclimate you to the elevation. We're, we're, we're was, in turmoil. Was she wrong? No. No. <laughs> no. She knew exactly. Back to anticipating needs. She knew exactly what we needed. Yeah, you but, guys are so similar. You bunch of greasy life. motorcycle guys trying to change bearings in a rear wheel. And Katie with a, shows with up. With a spark plug wrench and some needle nose pliers. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and we're all in the thick of it, just trying to figure out our problem. And she shows up with a bowl of watermelon. So zen-like, like hey, I just you guys might want this. It might. Oh my gosh. Guys. Okay, thank you. Amazing. Absolutely. Phenomenal. Where were you at for that, Johnny? I was there. Okay, good. <laughs> you know, you've got like a Johnny really nice watermelon. Bar I was there. John, Johnny got watermelon. I didn't have any watermelon, by the way. Dan was making me work too you're, hard. You're not going to acclimatize to the, <laughs> yeah, to the yeah, elevation yeah. now. You made me work too hard. I didn't have any watermelon. <laughs> That's your own fault. No, it's your fault. <laughs> I love you guys. All right. Love you, Dan. Thank you. I'm stopping this now. All right, let's do it. I want to add one thing. I know this spot is so special for you. And I'm so thankful you brought us here. Yeah, it's that's right. Very, it's huge. I love it. This is the most incredible spot we've ever camped out. Thank you. Come on. And this is day one. Day one. Let's here go. Here we go. All right. I hope you enjoyed that. I know. I really enjoyed. After after we got done recording the podcast, we we got a fire going and made some grub and. The grocery store I planned at stopping at before we went camping fucking closed down for some reason, so we had to, like, go to Dollar General for food. Uh, wasn't, like, the, you know... Anyways, it ended up being amazing. I think we had, like, tortillas, brats with, like, green chilies and beans and corn. <laughs> it ended up being amazing, especially for, you know, being provided, uh, being bought at Dollar General. You know, didn't see that one coming. Anyways, I got a $100 gift card for one lucky Patreon supporter thanks to Low Brow Customs. Like I said, they keep me on the road and they can keep you on the road too. 83. Let's see what we got here. 83. William King. Bill King. William King. D. King. And where is William King from? William D. King from Raymond, Missouri. That's fucking wicked cool, Raymond. I actually uh, have been looking at this trail I'm going to ride here pretty quick, or at least part of it called the Pony Express Trail. You guys familiar with the Pony Express? It goes from St. Joseph, Missouri to Sacramento. And it was like... The, the beginning of the mail service, really. And I think maybe the mail was going before that, but these guys were trying to connect the, the east to the west, and this was like, you know, back when there were still fucking Indians roaming the Comancheria, and these guys decided to, like, figure out how to get mail across the country really fast because before that you had to, like, wait months or somebody had to, like, sail around the bottom of South America to take it to the West Coast. But anyways, these guys set up these stations. And I think there's like 187 of them across 2,000 miles. And they fucking hired a bunch of like wiry kids that were, I think you, you couldn't be older than 18. You had to be less than 125 pounds, like fucking jockeys, essentially. And they would start in St. Joseph and go all the way to the West Coast. And there were stations every 5 to 25 miles, depending on terrain, because a horse can only, like, 
sprint or gallop for like 10 miles, right? So you would jump on a horse in St. Joseph and you would fucking, with the mail, and you'd ride it 10 miles, get to the next station, and before you get there, you like blow on this fucking horn <laughs> to let them know you're coming to get a horse ready, right? So bam, they got a horse ready. You fucking throw your saddle onto the new horse that the saddle is carrying all the mail, and then you just keep going. And you do that for about 100 miles, right? And after 100 miles, you get exchanged by another rider. So another rider jumps on, you get to take a break at one of these stations and wait for another horse to come back the other direction. Anyways, they did that for like 18 months. And there's part of this trail still available to ride uh, in Nevada and Utah. So after, 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 after Virginia City, I'm going to fucking be roaming... East on the trail, looking for penitentiaries, trying to compete with the penitentiary run to party at the pen. Anyways, that was fucking long-winded. Hey, William, uh, thank you for contributing to the show. Looks like you've been doing it for a while, and I really do appreciate it. I'll get that $100 gift card sent out. Check your email later today, and hopefully it will be there. Go check out mcshoptees.com, dangerdancetalkshop.com, lowbrowcustoms.com, motorcyclesherpa.com, knivesmadebynick.com. Speaking of knives made by Nick, I fucking sacrificed a knife to the buffalo chip gods in Sturgis. And uh, I was not rewarded like, uh, what's his name? Fucking Pat from Lead Sled. Pat lost his fucking wall the same night. So here's the deal. Don't let fucking Asians drive you. I mean, don't let Brian Helm drive you around in a fucking golf cart, dude. It's fucking bad. It really is bad. Uh, I mean, we did have a lot of fun, but he about fucking killed all of us, dude. And I can't believe we didn't run into any other cars or bikes or RVs or fucking cinder blocks. Well, maybe we did run into some concrete blocks and people, but anyways. Love you, Nick. (laughs) 